When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host Tom Bilyeu and I'm here with my deeply fatigued, albeit still <laughs> amazingly gorgeous wife, I'm Elizabeth. What's up, homie? What's up? Today we're talking about cheating. Wow. I know. Let's get into Let's it. Let's get right in. All right, first question. This is from Anonymous. So, I'm a cheater. I think I've cheated on every long-term partner I've ever had, except the last one, but we only dated for nine months. Last time it happened was in uh, was mid 2016, about two years into a relationship that I wasn't loving. I believe it was that event that really snapped me out of my life coma and woke me the heck up and started my journey to gaining growth mindset, being mindful, etc. I feel like I feel like I've grown and changed so much, and I feel that I've been able to identify the warning signs that I was becoming tempted to cheat in my next relationship, or wouldn't even let it get that far. Here's the rub. I Here's the rub, interesting. Here's the rub, I hate having a secret like this and I'd love to be able to be open and honest with the next person I end up with. However, I'm worried that being upfront and honest about my past will do more harm than good. Obviously, if they're the type of person who has a growth mindset, then they might understand. But do you think it's even worth the risk? I'd hate to always have that secret hanging over us. I could quite easily deny, um, sorry, I could quite easily deny and no one would ever rat me out. But I hate the idea of lying or keeping secrets. It is worth being so brutally honest for the sake of total transparency. Or is it better just to let sleeping dogs lie? Wow, man. Well, my feelings on this one are ultra aggressive be honest, be honest in like the most direct way possible and be honest as early as it's an appropriate topic of conversation. Otherwise, it turns into a bad romantic comedy where a simple line of truthfulness stops the whole movie Mm -hmm. from being this just ridiculous like thing where you know you end up falling in love and then you have to confess that, oh, it was all built on this thing of lies and then the house of cards comes down, you have to build it back up. It's like the most cliched trope in all the films. So to me, it's, look, if you've really changed, then confessing that, or not even confessing, because that, like, just be honest with what your past was. Mm. Like, I used to be an absolute moron, and I'm in no way, shape, or form um, hesitant to admit that because I really have moved past it. And I know that my actions will echo in everything that I do that I'm past it. And so I think the person should a, just be brutally honest with the person that they're with so that their relationship is built on... Candidly yeah, transparent. Yeah. Well, I think the phrase you're looking for is um, radical candor. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, to be radically candid for sure, I think is the right answer. You're right. Brutal honesty has got baggage in terms of a phrase. So being radically candid, letting them know who you are, that's like, it's such an intoxicating thing and it really will help them build that trust, because if you're willing to admit the thing that you're most vulnerable about, then they really believe in the things that you say. Because it's like, well, if they're willing to admit that really hard thing, knowing that there's potential real consequences, Mm. then it's like, okay, 
And look, there may be some people that aren't willing to handle that, but I think that that lets you know where they're at and mm -hmm. respect. And that's why you say it early in the relationship so that it's, you're not saving it till you're already in love. It's like, it's a part of your past. It's something that you discuss. It's pretty impressive to show that you've moved beyond that, that you've mm -hmm. really thought about it, that you now have rules in your life, which are the next thing that I will say, which is what I told you and you told me is, I will never, ever, ever cheat on you. I can't say I'll never break up with you. And so we always knew, I'm not promising you that I'll be with you forever. There are things that you could do that would make me say I'm no longer interested mm -hmm. in this relationship. But I can tell you, under no circumstances, would I ever cheat on you? Yeah. So, and like that's been so easy to stick to. It's like, if I were getting tempted and there was something wrong in our relationship, then I would discuss that. And if it was at the point where it's like, it's not worth the investment for me to fix it, then I would break up. So yeah, it's just where, like, I don't quite understand the neurological like sketch of, I wanna be in the relationship, but I wanna betray everything that makes it worthwhile. Which I guess brings me to my next point, which is the reason to be honest with somebody isn't for them nearly as much as it's for you. The reason that they don't want the secret hanging over their head is it makes you feel disconnected mm -hmm. from the other person. And for your own sake, feeling connected and feeling like they know me and they accept me is such a wonderful feeling that I don't lie to you because I don't want the sense of disconnection. So I realized pretty early on that being honest and being upfront is so that I can maintain this sense of like we're really connected. So my advice to them isn't even like about, oh, you have some moral obligation to tell people the truth. It's like, you don't want that secret for the right reason. You don't want that secret because you know it creates that distance. It's something that's hanging over your head, which the hanging over the head isn't nearly as bad as the, like, I just feel distant. I feel alone. That's how it would make me feel. Do you remember that I lied to you on our first date and then had to confess? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but like so, that all has, even even but, the confession happened so early. Yeah, that right. it's like it did, but I want to talk about it because it, it was our first date. I'm not thinking anything serious is going right. to happen, right? We've um, You are my teacher, so I'm just thinking it's going to be a summer fling. So when you asked me about my sexual history, of course I lied to you. I was like, well, guys, like... <laughs> You know, girls that haven't been around. Not that I've been around. I just want to make that clear. Right. Not that I've been around. But um, I'd had other sexual experiences and I didn't want you to judge me. I just thought guys want to hear what right. they want to hear. First day, just going to be a couple of weeks. We're going to hang out. Who really cares? And then obviously it turned serious. And at that point I was like, shit, I've lied to you <laughs> about my sexual past. And right. I, I, it was absolutely for me. It wasn't, it wasn't about you. I had to tell you because I felt like I, there was this distance and there was this thing between us. And you don't know who I truly am until right. I am that honest with you. And I was just so scared about telling you because at that point I was like, but what if now he's like, I can't believe you lied to me. Right? And it's about the lie, not even about mm. the actual incidents, right? So, yeah, I feel exactly the same. It's like, tell him right from the beginning. If it was me, I would approach him and go, that is who I used to be. I've grown so much, and that's what I think is beautiful. And if the person doesn't then see that, then they probably aren't right for them. And it's better to know then than to bring it up later, you know, and there are going to be people who have got wounds. And I think that he needs to respect that in other women as well, or, you know, in his partner that he chooses. They may have wounds and it's like, they'd want to know up front. Did they reveal that they're a guy? Do you know they're a guy? No. Um, I can't yeah, remember if he said anything that... About him? That's interesting. Yeah. 
Because when you first read it, for some reason, I thought it was a woman. Oh, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm so curious now. Yeah, let's scroll back up and see if they put a he or a her. I want to know if people at home, what they thought. Yeah, I don't, interesting. I don't think I can see anything that puts a sex to them. Hmm? No? Wow, that's interesting. Shame on me for assuming. Yeah, I mean, I guess me too. Yeah. All right. So next question. And guys, if this is bringing you value, please, please, please do share, subscribe, like, rate and review, whatever um, platform you're listening or watching this on. And if you do want to submit any questions, we love that. Please email them to connect at impacttheory.com. That's connect at impacttheory.com. And if you'd like to stay anonymous, we absolutely respect that. So just let us know. All right. All right. On to the next question. This is from Susanna. Would you continue to be friends with a person who constantly cheated on his or her partner? What does it say about the person for you? And friends? Hmm. You want to go or you want me Ooh, to go? I don't know. Yeah, you're going to take a breath. Go yeah, on. I was just going to say for me, um, yeah, I would definitely be friends with somebody. Like, I'd, I'm not only friends with somebody because I think they make all the right decisions. Now, if I thought the person was cruel or... Right you know, something like that, where it's like, man, you're just a dick, then yes, like that would be deeply problematic. Um, and it's not like I'm thinking, oh, if I met them and I thought they were a sleazeball, like odds are we wouldn't become friends. But if I were friends with somebody, let's say somebody that I have a long history with, and they said, in fact, let's take your brother, who I feel very close to. If he came out and said, look, man, I've been unfaithful to every girlfriend I've ever had and you know, I don't know what to do about it. And I don't know that I can stop myself. I wouldn't be like, I can't talk to you. I don't know. That seems so gross to mm. me. Like if you're friends with somebody. But and what they if he have, was like, yeah, I've been cheating on this girl and it's so amazing. Like flip it. And it's not like an emotion. I mean, I would be honest with them. And I would say, yeah. look, A, that's super gross and way gnarly to treat somebody like that. And um, I think you need to really think about like what do you want out of a relationship because if you just want sex then just tell them that you just want sex and that you're not being exclusive. The to be deceitful I think is to undermine yourself. And so I'll steal from Nelson Mandela here who said the reason cuz everybody wanted him to um basically rise up the the party in South Africa of blacks unite them and get them to basically overthrow the white government and take power by force and he said when you oppress somebody you give up your own humanity so forget about what you're doing to the other person you give up your own humanity and i think that there's something similar when you betray others trust you're doing something to yourself as much as you're doing to anybody else so your brother who i love like my own family i'm not just going to abandon the friendship if He's doing something idiotic, no matter what it is. I'm going to be honest with him. I'm going to, you know, say, look, I think you're damaging yourself as much as you're damaging anybody else. Um, but at the end of the day, like living your life like in a judgmental place, mm -hmm. like even abstracting it from that. There are people that I love very much that make choices about their health that are going to actually kill them. And to spend all my time judging them for that doesn't make me feel good about myself. It certainly doesn't do anything good for the relationship. And P.S., it's the least likely behavior to get them to change right. because you're just backing them into a corner. Yeah. So I think meeting people with compassion and loving them despite all their flaws. Like, in fact, just today, I was talking on an episode of Impact Theory um, to 
somebody and we were talking about, um, I guess there's no reason to be uh, coy about who it was. It's Mark Manson who wrote the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and he has mm-hmm. a new book out. Anyway, there's this guy he profiles um, called Darren Daryl, Daryl Davies, who's a black man who has befriended over 200 KKK members and through his friendship with them gotten to give up their robes, their wow. KKK robes, and he puts them in his house. And he said the, the problem is most people meet their racism with anger and vitriol mm. and they go on the attack. And so you're never going to win them over. Yeah. And he says, all I do is I spend time with them without judging them and they then slowly over time begin to realize I'm just a person and that they can like me and I like them and there's kindness and respect. He said he'll even go to um, Klan rallies. This is a black man going to KKK rallies and he'll be like, man, that speech was really like impressive. And that's just his way in to, to get them to lower their guard, to meet them at an emotional level, to connect with them. And then he's able to flip their belief system. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, that's a, I'm going really far afield from would I be able to be friends with somebody? But the answer is, yeah, if you're meeting people with compassion and you really want to see their behavior change, it's not about slapping them around and throwing cold water on them. It's, it's about being honest and being truthful about what you think that's doing to them as much as the other person. And, but at the end of the day, to meet their fire with fire, I don't think will be effective. Yeah, agreed. It may get to a point, like for me, I think if someone was like, gloating or enjoying that they were um, going behind someone's back, it, I think eventually it would be hard for me to keep hearing because I would start to feel really bad for that other person. And I, I'd still want to be friends with them though, so I totally hear what you're saying. Like, But I if they're a scumbag, like there, there's a difference yeah, between a good yeah, person yeah. doing dumb shit yeah. and somebody being a scumbag. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. And so I'm with you. If that's your brother true. revealed that, oh, secretly I've been a scumbag this whole time yeah. and I've just been hiding it from that you, brother. <laughs> then I'd be like, yeah, okay, I don't want to be friends with a scumbag. Yeah. But to me, yeah. yeah, there's a big difference between someone doing something that you really dislike and someone being a scumbag. Mm. Yeah, fair point. All right, would you rather segment? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. All right, people at home, answer with us. Would you rather sit next to the person who cheated on you for 12-hour flight or sit in between your disapproving in-laws? Um, I'd rather sit between my disapproving in-laws because that has like yeah. much more utility. I yeah. remember, and by this point, your dad was definitely not disapproving, but I remember the first time that I really got to meet um, your dad and his wife as adults, if that makes sense. And so we'd been married probably, I don't know, five or six years by oh, that point. Oh, us as being adults. Yeah, they didn't think of me as a kid anymore. Right, right, right. And right. we were just out in the water um, in Hawaii, mm. and it was such an amazing conversation to be unguarded and just talk. And so I know people are imagining this scenario of like a lot of hostility, um, but at this point in my life, I'm very confident in my ability to listen um, even if it's listening to very hard things about me and about the way they feel about me, and it would give me a chance to grow to understand them. Hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I'd do in-laws. Both of them would be tough, though, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> All right, would you rather regret cheating on your partner or regret staying with the wrong person? Uh, regret staying with the wrong person. Yeah, it feels less dirtbaggy. God, if I, I mean, I couldn't ever imagine, like, someone would have to, like, 
steal my body, wow. drug me, and then force me to cheat on you. Wow. I don't think it's cheating at that point. Pretty <laughs> sure that's called rape. No, force, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I would have to go out and be, yeah, I just couldn't imagine a world where I could ever cheat on you. And, like, I would just feel like I, I couldn't, hand, I can't even say the words out loud. Like, I couldn't bear it with myself mm. to think that I've done that to you or to another human. Like, that would just, it goes against everything I believe about myself and who I am. Um, whereas if I was like, shit, sure, I shouldn't have stayed in this relationship, right. it'd be like, all right, Lisa, learn next time. But, yeah. All right. Would you rather be cheated on by one person or be ghosted by everyone you date for the rest of your life? Oh, Jesus. Cheated on by cheated one, on person. one person. That's yeah. so finite. It's like, meh. For the rest of my life? That's rough. Yeah. That is nice and easy. Yeah. All right, guys. If this is bringing you value, please, please, please do subscribe, like, um, rate or review um, and share it. And if you would like to sub uh, submit any questions, please feel, feel free. Wow. I'm really like losing my words today. Feel free <laughs> to email day. us at connect at impacttheory.com. That's connect at impacttheory.com. All right, on to the next question. This is from Anonymous. I am in a loving long-term relationship with an awesome guy. I have some serious issues in regards to trust stemming from being cheated on numerous times before my parents divorcing due to cheating and a previous partnership uh, partner's mistrust leading me to believe that I should also mistrust. Finding someone else attractive is bad, the opposite sex is a threat, etc. In the last year, I have done a lot to change this. I have been to therapy and I tried to practice CBT now. Nice. I listen to all the podcasts and really try to increase my self-esteem and practice self-compassion. Wow. However, I sometimes really just cannot seem to break my mind out of the anxiety and panic I get when I believe my partner might find someone more attractive than me. My rational mind knows he can and will. However, my irrational mind simply cannot deal and goes into a meltdown. I get into a cycle of thoughts that I am not good enough and he will find anyone and everyone else more attractive and I just can't believe that that's not true. My thoughts are so real that sometimes I think he must be lying. Is it so hard to get out of that state of mind? I've done so much work to learn to trust again. Do you have any advice and practical ways as to how I can overcome these feelings? I want to be an awesome, fun, loving, trusting partner and I know the consequences if I don't continue to put in the effort. Wow, that was a really, really thought out, articulate, amazing self-assessment. Yeah, that was pretty dope. I will say that as the Greeks say, <laughs> which means you're on a good path. So I think you're walking the right path. I think it takes time. I think that unwiring all that stuff and rewiring a new habit, a positive way of seeing yourself, that shit takes time. And so continuing to march down the road, having forgiveness and grace when you get in a twist and you have to like calm yourself down, but making sure that you hold yourself to the standard of doing the work. So this is not your partner's problem to solve. You can't turn to them to constantly reaffirm you that gets into like a really disturbing cycle that is not fun for them. Um, security is not, or insecurity is not sexy. So living in that world where you're being insecure, insecure, insecure all the time, like that's a really good way to shoot the relationship in the face. So you, you have to do cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what she meant when she said CBT, mm -hmm. um, to interrupt those patterns, to keep working, to make the amount of time that you spend in that negative loop shorter and shorter and shorter. And I would say play the bag of bones game. 
So the bag of bones game goes like this. We're all going to be a bag of bones at one point. Like we're going to be wrinkly and ugly as hell. (laughs) And if, if you, like you've got to be able to live in that world and understand that the other person will still find youth and beauty attractive. So you're on a one way collision course with you truly aren't the most attractive person to the person that you're with objectively. And what you have to invest in is there's nothing more magnificent, sexy, amazing, worthwhile, worth all the sacrifices, everything than a shared experience. So the shared experience is what the game of love is about. It's about the ups and downs. It's about the time where the person has the flu, terrible diarrhea, where you're laughing at a comedian until snot shoots out of your face. Or, you know, it's like, it's all the amazing things and all of the horrible things. It's being supported. It's providing support. It's laughing. It's crying. It's like an amazing sexy night, a night where it just didn't go off and you have a fight in the middle. It's like all of that shit is what makes up life and constantly coming back and getting reconnected, reconnected, reconnected. And it's like, man, over time, like you have something that just can't be replaced. And so I think about that all the time. It's like, one, I was, I'm very proud of myself for this realization to let you know that, look, you're beautiful, it's way amazing and I'm going to enjoy your beauty while it lasts, but I want you to know it won't last forever. Mm. And yet I'm going to be attracted to you because I'm going to be so invested in who you are Mm. and finding ways to tie like my sexual desire to that so that every phase of our lives together, I'm just as sexually interested in you as I ever was. Just don't fool yourself into thinking that beauty ceases to be like objective beauty. So like I'll never trade a shared experience, like all of that glory for beauty. So it's like beauty's transient. We all get our moment of being young, but it's going to fade. And I don't know, there was just something for me about accepting that, that there's a moment in time. We all get it. It's fun. Make sure you enjoy it for what it is. Be aware of it while you have it. Like, and that's one thing I would say to her is like, you're never going to be younger than you are today. So it only gets worse from here. Like in terms of the visual, what she's sort of seeing as sexual attractiveness, because she's on the surface. She's just stuck on, he must find other people more attractive. And the answer is yes. The odds of you being the most attractive person on the planet is essentially zero. In fact, it's one in seven, whatever billion. billion, So let go of that. Don't waste any time and energy on that. Keep unwinding it. Sounds like you're doing the good work. You're putting in the effort. Keep going. It's going to get easier and easier by the day. It is not overnight. So just keep Mm. going. And like, I mean, you look at some of the most beautiful women in the world or consider the most beautiful. They've been cheated on a lot of them. You know, you hear, I mean, I can't, I was trying to think of like a story, but there was an actress. Oh God, I can't remember who it was. But she was like so stunning. And then I mean, Elizabeth Hurley and um, Hugh, Hugh Grant. Grant. Perfect example. He cheats yeah, on with her like with a, a prostitute. a $15 prostitute or something yeah. crazy so, like that. Right, but that's so important to know that it isn't about the looks ultimately, right? If someone's going to cheat, it's way more than just they've seen someone prettier than you. And so they've decided they're going to go. It's way more than that. It's um, they're trying to find fill a hole in their own lives. They've got low self-esteem. All of that has got to do with why someone cheats, I think. So 
making it about them or making it about like, oh my God, how am I always going to be, you know, beautiful so that they don't have eyes for other people is unrealistic. And I had to come to grips with that, especially as Quest was getting bigger and bigger because you were getting a lot of beautiful, stunning influences coming up to you and flirting. And so I had to recognize in that moment that I had to look inwards and look at my own value and start to work on my own confidence and being confident in who I am and what I bring to the table so that if it came up to the point that you ever did cheat on me, I can clearly say, okay, that's about you, not about me. Because the second I then go, oh my God, it's because I'm not pretty. It's because I didn't have a six pack. It's because I didn't have the big boobs. Oh, forget it. I'm, I'm, I've derailed. Like my entire life has gone off tracks and I know that. And I know, so, so I know it's dangerous. Um, and so I was very aware of that, working on my self-esteem, making sure that I felt good about myself. And like you said, it's not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take years, I think, of like really feeling it and being like just not affected by it at all. Um, and so another thing that I like when I start to think about all the tricks and tips that I kind of used in certain moments of like low self-confidence we talk about like the sober moments. So when I'm emotionally sober, when I'm not feeling insecure, when I'm not feeling like, you know, um, I'm less than or other people are prettier than me or anything like that. That's when I go, okay, what can I do right now? Can I write myself a note? Can I leave myself a little voice memo? Um, can I do post notes? Like what are the things? Can I write myself a letter? You know, we've, you've written a letter to yourself before and just say, okay, when I'm feeling down, when I look in the mirror and I say X, Y, and Z to myself, because it's a pattern, it's not going to come, you know, like not going to surprise you. You're going to recognize the signals. So I would say once I start recognizing the once I start recognizing the signals, take the note out, take the voice memo out or whatever and play it, put it on repeat or get a song that you feel so freaking empowered by and keep playing that song, put it on your headphones, sing out loud. Like that's what I do. Like I want to make myself feel empowered instead of feeling like I'm the victim or putting myself in an inferior position. Good strategy. All right, guys, that's all we have time for for this episode. We had to cut it a little short because you're traveling, got a lot going on. Indeed. All right, guys, thank you so much. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.